Hey, Grace Life family, I have something special for you tonight. I'm calling this Let's Talk About Grace. I've asked one of my spiritual sons, Dewey Mosley, to jump on here with me. Dewey has some questions for me about grace. We're going to talk about it. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Let's start with Dewey. Dewey, introduce yourself, please. Uh, hello, Elder Rick. Absolute pleasure to be here. Super excited to uh, have this time with you. Um, again, my name is Dewey Mosley. Um, very similar story uh, to Elder Rick. Uh, you know, first of all, child of God, uh, first and foremost. Uh, we both have a very similar military background. Uh, we met uh, in a place called Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, and I got there in 1997 and shortly joined the Great Marlboro Missionary Baptist Church uh, under the Dr. Sh under Dr. Sean L. Moten. And uh, we met there um, and uh, Elder Rick was already in the ministry. And during my time there, I was called into ministry. Um, and we've known each other literally ever since, uh, been to very different places. Uh, but over that time, uh, God just blessed me to stay connected. And in fact, uh, revealed to me that I should stay connected. And he's just blessed us to do that. And, you know, uh, many, many, many years later, uh, we, we have uh, come back together in, uh, in D.C. And, uh, and we're just moving forward with uh, what, what God has for us. So it's a pleasure to be here. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I thank God for you, son. I thank God the way that God has connected us together. You do have some questions for me, you said about the grace life. I see you have your grace life gear on tonight. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about grace. What do you want to know? Outstanding. So um, just uh, in the time that I've listened to you in today's word, uh, you've, you've just come to this revelation about grace that, that, that for sure has been a blessing to you and certainly has impacted my life. But, but I think just some questions that I have uh, that I think will bring myself and, and the listeners to a greater level of understanding. Um, I just want to start, first of all, with how do you define the grace life and what makes it such an important revelation? So how do I define the grace life and what makes it such an important revelation for me on a personal level? So I was raised in a very religious environment. I was raised in a religious mindset. Uh, and uh, I went through rites and rituals and routines. I was raised in a church where I had to confess my sins to another human. I was also raised in a church where I went through a lot of uh, like processes, but honestly, I didn't know Jesus. So I, I did all of that, and still I didn't know Jesus. And I gave my life to Christ at the age of 23. And then <clears throat> even after being born again, in earnest, like I really did give my life to Christ and I knew I was born again at the age of 23, even then I went through this process. You mentioned that we were both at Marlboro Heights Missionary Baptist Church over 20 years ago, but I went through this process of going through um, some experiences in the AME church or in the Baptist church or with the churches of God in Christ, or even with other uh, non-denominational churches or what they would call word of faith movement or whatever. And I went through all of this and in a lot of ways I didn't realize that while I may not have gone through the same rites and rituals and routines, I was still very religious in, 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 certain, in a certain regard. And in 2012, I heard first it was um, Kenneth Copeland released a prophetic word about grace in 2012. And then Pastor Creflo Dollar really started teaching on grace. And then uh, I believe Dr. Dollar started mentioning um 
Pastor James Womack, he, he started mentioning uh, Pastor Joseph Prince and others. And I really started studying the grace of God. And the way that Pastor Dollar said it uh, is the way that I kind of got it was, it wasn't that when I was really focused on faith that that it was incorrect, but in many regards, it was incomplete. And so I think that the 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 attempt to live and walk by faith without understanding God's grace is an incomplete message, and it puts too much of an emphasis on us, on, on our humanity, and especially on what we do as a believer. So Dewey, I'll give you an example. I know you and I both deployed uh, probably multiple times in the military. And uh, I was in Iraq, and I will never forget this night. It was one of those things that is, you know, the, you have these moments as you walk with God that you you experience something, or in this case, it was a question. I, I got a series of questions uh, from someone that I didn't expect. So I was pastoring uh, in Iraq in Baghdad, and um, and I was pastoring the VGE, the Victory Gospel Experience. And I was teaching, we had service on Saturday night, which was amazing. We called it Saturday Night Live. And then we had service on Sunday morning. And then we had Bible study. And so I remember I had this Monday night Bible study called Living by Faith. And I, I invited this one guy from the JNCC, the Joint Network Control Center for Iraq. I invited him to come out. And he came out and I was excited. I said, hey man, come, come check out my Bible study. He came out. And I was teaching about faith, Dewey. So I'm like teach, I'm like going line by line. And I'm talking about praying in faith, fighting the fight of faith. I'm talking about making your declarations of faith. I'm talking about believing and receiving. I'm talking about decreeing and declaring. I'm going to release my faith for this. I'm going to release my faith for that and all of that. And I went through the whole Bible study and I thought it was a great Bible study. And we had like uh, on a Monday night, a good crowd and everything. And when I got back to the JNCC the next day, I said, hey, I saw you was in Bible study. You know, we didn't talk after. How was it? And he said, um, can I be honest with you? I said, sure. He said, um, I don't know how else to say it, but there was a lot of you. I, I heard like a lot of you last night. Wow. I said, what do you mean? He said, I, I heard like a lot of you. Like, like you know, like there's a lot of emphasis on what when you teach. There's a lot of emphasis on what we do. Not mm. a lot of emphasis on what God does. Mm. Wow. He, he was like, you know, I heard you talking about what you have to do and we have to do this and we have to do that and we have to do this and we have to do that. Yeah, um, a lot of emphasis on you, not a lot of emphasis on God. Mm. And he walked away. Wow. And that was 2009. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I was like, I was taken aback. But it was one of those, like, you know, Dewey, sometimes you hear something mm -hmm. and like your humanity wants to fight back or say something back, yep. but your spirit is like, no, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, the Holy Spirit was like, no, he's right. But I didn't know yeah. how to process it. I just did. I knew he was right, but I didn't know in what way I was wrong mm. until I started studying God's grace years later. So this is why it's impactful for me on two levels. One is... Um, because of the way I was raised before I got born again, and then because of the way I was taught as a, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even after I was born again, I was taught with so much of emphasis on what I have to do in faith that I wasn't really, you know, putting into the equation, the grace of God. And so 
because of my own personal experience and how I believe both experiences were damaging for me, both the religious experience that led to nothing and the faith experience where I put an overemphasis on me, it was almost like when I finally discovered this, I was like, oh man, I got to tell everybody. Like, I mean, this is <laughs> like, you know, and it was liberating. And you've heard me say a million times about being delivered from performance-based religion. And right. it was about this deliverance from me and, and me doing everything right and putting this spotlight on God and what he's already done for me. I know that was a long answer, but no, I had it to kind no. of couch it that way. That's great. So, so, so I hear in, in, in your answer about the definition. So I, I hear that, uh, a move from an emphasis on self and your own work. And I, and I also hear you saying that you came to this discovery about the emphasis being on God. And, and when I hear that story, the, the thing that really stands out to me is that, um, and th this is a question. So what you're saying is it is possible to be saved, love God with, with all your heart, to really believe that you know you're you're doing what God called you to do, but it's it's still possible to not truly understand and appreciate and appropriate grace. Uh, it, that that's possible, and that was a discovery process for you. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So not only is it possible. I think that it's probably uh, predominant. Like, I, un unfortunately, I, I think that it's prevalent. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, I, for three years, like I had this conversation with this guy in, in Iraq in 2009. Here mm. I was a pastor preaching the gospel, teaching. I'm so excited about all the things that we're doing. And we're baptizing Iraqis and we're getting people born again. And we're preaching the gospel in Baghdad and all of that. Um, but I had... You know, I was approaching it like from faith, 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 and all the things that I have to do. And so mm -hmm. uh, I knew when he said it, the Holy Spirit convicted me. I knew that that he what he said was right, but I didn't know in which way I was wrong. And so it took me three years. And it wasn't until I heard in 2012, mm -hmm. basically what I would call the gospel of grace, that mm -hmm. the Lord was like, aha, you remember that conversation? Yeah. This is what I was trying to, now this is it. This is the missing link. Like grace was the missing link for me. Outstanding. All right. And so now that you have, so you, you, you get this missing link, you come into this revelation and this discovery. And so now that, now that you, you have explained the definition of it, can we talk a little bit about how, it has manifested in your life after that. So to start with, I, I think, you know, you, you talked about when the gentleman said, you know, there was a lot of you and not a lot of God. So let's just start there. How did the grace life change your relationship with God? Well, that's a good question. So I think the way that I have explained this since then is that my expectation of God's goodness towards me hmm. was based on my perceived level of performance towards him. So hmm. in other words, I needed to pray. I needed to walk by faith. I needed to do my declarations of faith. I needed to stand on my scriptures. I needed to do this and do that. And my, and it wasn't, and I, and I say perceived level, 
of performance, right? Because at the end of the day, we're not that good. But I mean, like my perceived, like like my perception of my level of performance towards God dictated my level of expectation from God. So mm-hmm. I was living and I was I was trained this way, both in the church that I was raised in before I got born again, and then even after I got born again, that my my performance towards God, my faith, I needed to release my faith. I need to pray. I need to decree. I need to declare. I need to establish a hedge of protection. God gives and I give angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways, all of that. So as I was doing all of that, Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I shall condemn. This is the inheritance that I have of the Lord. As I was doing all of that, then my expectation from God was based on my performance towards God. So of course my performance was going to fluctuate. And as my performance fluctuated, then my expectation fluctuated. And so, so my relation, my understanding of God was way different back then because my, my perception of God was this God that when I release my faith, then God will give me X. When I stand in faith and I get my scriptures and I find out how to stand and believe God for this, then God will give me why. And when I came into the revelation of God's grace, I found out, Dewey, that I'm not even authorized to ask for it until I know what he already gave me. (laughs) So it's not like God is, I'm releasing my faith for then God to give me something. I have to discover what he already gave me from the foundations of the world. And the revelation of what he already gave me is the authorization for my faith. And so my faith has to be rooted and grounded in God's grace. And where there is no grace, there can be no faith. And I've heard and said, Dewey, that faith begins where the will of God is known, but I didn't know what that meant. And so now that I I have a, a, a better understanding of it, so my perception of God is completely different. Now that I know, now what I know is this, Dewey, God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. And, and, and so that changes my perception of God and it changes everything. Wow. And and I mean, just hearing you describe it, when you were describing the first state, the performance uh, side of it, I mean, I can almost feel the weight and the stress, even as you talk about it. And then when you talk about the the side of the grace life, I mean, I can literally uh, perceive the freedom and, and the release and the lack of stress, you know, so, so that that to me just is so eye-opening as it relates to God and how we see him, because I think it, it really affects how we live. And and, and so, of course... Hold on, uh, hold on, dude. Before, before you go on to anything else, let me just say something about what you just said. What I just thought about was when I was growing up, word of faith, non-denominational, you know, like this is what mm-hmm. we're taught, this word of faith that we preach from Romans chapter 10. Mm-hmm. I was taught that as a man of God, you know, you should pray. Like Jesus said, you can even pray with me for one hour. Like mm. we should pray for an hour. And a lot of my friends and I was taught, you should pray for an hour in the spirit, like pray mm. in tongues for an hour. And yep. so it's like, you know, get up in the morning and, and do your prayers, do your confessions or pray in tongues for an hour or pray in English for an hour or pray in both for an hour or whatever. And so it was mm. one of those like, man, let me get up and let me go ahead and do this for an hour. And I'm looking at the clock 
And I, I'm all into it and I'm praying all these things. And I look and I'm all, man, I'm only 21 minutes in, you know? Oh man, I got a long way to go. And so now, so now it's, but I, but there was, that was the, like you said, that pressure was on me, this pressure to perform. Like, I got to do this, man. I got to pray for an hour. I'm a man of God. Are you a man of God? You need to pray for an hour. Pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour. Mm -hmm. And so, so I, you a man of God? That's what you got to do. And so all of this like pressure was on me to do all this stuff. And mm -hmm. now it's not that I don't do, I, I do I do a lot now, but I'm doing it by the grace of God. So now yeah. it's not me. It's God doing it in me, with me, through me, for me. It's a completely different way to live. Amen. Amen. And and that kind of brings us to to another uh, place that I, that I really wanted to explore. So it, it's one thing to see our relationship with God differently. But I think a very important part of, of revelation and this discovery processes and how it manifests in our lives is okay, great. I now see you God, but we're down here. We have to deal with our lives. And I think there's a great implication for how we view ourselves. So how, how does the grace life impact your view of yourself in your kind of your inner life? Yeah, so actually on today's word, I've been teaching about this, as you know, um, mm -hmm. from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, um, how we grow, how grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of him. And I use the apostle Peter as a great example. When, when Simon the fisherman got, a, got the revelation of Jesus, of who he was, then Jesus gave him a revelation of who he was. It's like, oh, you properly identified me, therefore I will properly identify you. And my point is that when you get a knowledge of God, right? You come into the knowledge of God, then you also, subsequent to that, get to come mm -hmm. into God's knowledge of you. <laughs> and meaning yep. that God, and so Apostle Tony, my spiritual father, um, he, I've learned a lot from Apostle Tony Brazelton, but one of the things that I've learned, there's these, you know, we all have these statements that we make and people repeat them and, and you know, they kind of crystallize like these divine truths in a statement. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Tony said, um, you got to learn, you got to get to the point where you believe what God believes about you. Mm. And I heard that years ago and, and, and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks where I was like, wow, now I get it. Like, like my faith is not what happens when you convince God. Pastor Tony said, faith is what happens when God convinces you, right? It's not you trying to convince God, it's God convincing you. And I like to say, faith is not me trying to get God to put a yes on my plans. Faith is God trying to get me to put a yes on his plans. And so when you get a revelation of God and then you get a revelation of yourself, when you discover Jesus and then you discover yourself, you discover the plans that God made for you from the foundations of the world through the Holy Spirit. He begins to reveal to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And you actually get a revelation of self. And, um, mm. and so when I get a revelation of who I am, God's knowledge of me, and I believe what God believes about me, man, there's nothing you can't do when you believe what God believes about you because God is going to see you in the most perfect light. And so, so when you believe what God believes about you and you get a revelation of who you are, it liberates you in so many areas. Um, you probably heard me talk about all of this on today's word, but mm -hmm. it frees you from competitive jealousy, yep. right? So no longer do I have to compete with anybody else. I don't have to compare myself to anybody else because I'm only going to be measured with the ruler that was designed for me, where God is not going to use your ruler on me, and God is not going to use my ruler on you, but God is going to use the ruler of my divine purpose to measure me when I get to heaven. And Amen. so it frees me from competitive jealousy. 
it frees me to become comfortable with myself. Now that I know that I'm unique and I'm fearfully, wonderfully made and God made plans for me from the foundations of the world and he sent me to this planet at just the right time. So now I can be comfortable in my own skin. And when I believe what God believes about me, it gives me a level of confidence. The third thing is confidence. It gives me a level of confidence that is superhuman, that is that is supernatural. It is beyond me because my confidence is not rooted or grounded in me. It's solely based on God and God's opinion of me. So when, mm. I, when I understand God's opinion of me, my confidence is in that. My confidence mm. is in God and his opinion of me. And I believe what God believes about me. And I will do what God says I can do. And I will go where God leads me to go. And I will say what he tells me to say when I get there. So now my life is all about him. This is what the late great uh, uh, apostle Nate Holcomb said. It's all about him. My life is all about him. It's not about me. Amen. And, you know, and, and when I when I hear you say that, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to ask another question. Is it even possible to discover your identity in God without grace? I mean, can can you can you do it by accident? Is there is there another way? Can can you can, can you work your way into it? Is there or or is this a truly a key a, a necessity really to to discover one's true identity well I, I believe you can get a revelation of it right through the Holy Spirit but I don't I don't believe because you've heard me teach a lot about God's grace in our faith right so God mm-hmm. does everything that he does for us by grace grace is unearned right. unmerited undeserved everything we do towards God in response to God's grace we do it by faith. So by faith, I believe we can get a revelation of who it is that God has called us to be. Right. But, but I'm not, I don't believe that we would really see ourselves walking in it and Mm. launching out to become it like without any hindrances, like, you know, to the fullest extent without a revelation of grace, because it's the revelation of God's grace that frees me from the limits of my performance. So if I if I were to attempt to launch out into becoming God, who it is that God called me to be without a revelation of God's grace, then once again, it's going to be all based on my performance. So when I do something wrong, when I get a phone call and I, I don't respond right or mm-hmm. or like, you know, I should not have talked to this person the way that I, I just did, but mm-hmm. I'm about to go preach. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. then the devil is like, well, you messed up now. Now you, well, <laughs> yeah. now you can't go preach. First of all, I wasn't worthy before I got the phone call. So now, mm-hmm. but it's the grace of God that helps me to re- you know, recognize and realize that. And so, no, I don't know. I, I think you could, could you see it? Yeah, I'm sure the Holy Spirit could show it to you. But I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you could walk in the fullness of it without understanding that it's not about you and it's all about him. Completely understand. And, and, um, and if we take the lens now, of grace, we've looked at God, um, and that manifested a certain way. And then we took the lens and we turned it inward, and we looked at ourselves, and that had an impact and a manifestation in your life. Um, but but ultimately, uh, I think part of this journey is why God put us here and how it affects our relationships with others. And so. If we could now turn the lens of grace towards others, and that can come in so many, you know, as you've taught, uh, we wear a lot of hats, we have a lot of roles, 
we got family, we got friends, we got work, we got church, we have all these things. So how does uh, this thread of grace or this lens of grace uh, uh, impact or change your relationships with others? Well, um, the easiest way I can say it is that recipients of grace become extenders of grace, mm. right? Okay. So because God is gracious towards me, then I'm more apt to be gracious towards others, right? Because God treats me a certain way. He's not holding my faults against me. Mm. And I'm more apt to be gracious and an extender of grace towards other people. Mm. Um, when you run into a Christian that's very judgmental, mm. um, then that person, they can be born again and be judgmental. They can be born again and be high-minded. They can be born again and be full of pride. Um, but all they're doing is showing you that they're a baby Christian. Because the closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. Mm. Um, because the Apostle Paul wrote so many books, we actually get to see the tone of his voice and his ministry change in the level of maturity that he walked in. So early in his ministry, he mm. says, I'm crucified with Christ. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live. So it's almost like, imagine this, Dewey. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's say this is a church. And so this is, let's say, um, the front of the church. I mean, the, where the pulpit is, back here there's a cross, uh, mm -hmm. and, and this is the pulpit, then there's a congregation, and this is the outer door right here, right? Mm -hmm. When Paul first got saved, uh, and early in ministry, he's like, I'm up here, I'm on the cross with Jesus, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, I'm born again, it's all Jesus, all day, all capital letters. And, <laughs> and when you first get born again, that's how it is, right? You tell, I told my mama she was going to hell, I told everybody that was going to hell, <laughs> right? Uh, true story, right? So then later, mm -hmm. Paul starts learning more about God and about grace. And he says, oh, he comes down off of that cross and he goes into the pulpit. And it's like he, he lines up with all the 11 apostles that are left. He's number 12. And he says, I'm an apostle. But I actually, I'm, le I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because of what I did. Like, you know, I mean, I persecuted the church and everything. I wasn't even there when Jesus caused the blind to see, the lame to walk, all of that. So he says, I'm an apostle, but I'm the least of the apostles. So, mm. so now he came down off that cross and he comes down and he's like, he's getting closer to God. Therefore, he's thinking mm. less of himself. He's humbling himself. Mm. Later, he's writing and he writes and he's like, it's almost like he walks out of the pulpit and now he walks into the congregation. But if you imagine a congregation with all the chairs, all the pews, he goes to the last pew. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know what? I'm less than the least of all saints. Like if you line up all the saints, I'm a believer, but I'm like at the end of the line. Why? Because the closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. And then right before he died, this is like the front of the church and this is the back of the church. This is the back door. He's out here. And he says, this is a true statement that is worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. chief. So he said, I'm the chief of all sin. So he's outside the church. He's standing outside now. What happened? The closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. So if you really get close to God, you're going to be gracious towards other people. Why? Amen. Because you realize how jacked up you are. Amen. If, you, if a Christian is really judgmental and really hard and harsh on everybody else, that's exposing to you the condition and the content of their heart. They're a baby Christian. 
Wow. And so, and wow, you just, you gave an example. And while you were talking, I, I just heard something because you're talking about the guy that wrote the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to quote the Bible. I didn't write it. And if the guy that wrote the Bible, and I don't, and I'm, and uh, forgive me, I don't know the exact scripture if he wrote it, but the word I heard while you were speaking is grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, so of all you talked about, what I hear you saying is that grace doesn't like manifest in your life all at once, mm -hmm. even once discovered. If Paul had to grow in it, yeah, I'm kind of asking myself, well, who are we? So, is it accurate to say that grace is something? that you have access to, but just because you have access to it, is, is it true that you still have to grow in it? Well, absolutely. When growing in grace is what the second Peter chapter one, verses one through four, the passage that we're, that we're, that we're studying right now in today's word, mm -hmm. as you grow in the knowledge of God, the Bible says grace and peace are multiplied unto you, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So you, you're growing in grace. You're getting you're getting grace multiplied and you're getting peace multiplied mm. as you grow in the knowledge of God. So as you, as you walk with God, as you die to self, as you yield to him, the less of you is in the way, the more grace can flow through your life. God is not going to compete with you, son. So mm. if you want to do all the work, God will rest while you work. Mm. But if you learn how to rest, Hebrews chapter 4, then God will work while you rest. And so God won't compete with you. So the more, the reason why I love the grace life is because I'm working, but I'm resting at the same time. I'm entering into God's finished work. I'm doing what God has called me to do from the foundations of the world. I'm aligning. I'm praying back to God the prayers that I believe he already prayed over me. And so now, so all I'm doing is seek to walk out what he already did, what he already planned. And so I don't have any pressure to perform. I'm just believing and receiving what I believe has already been provided. And mm -hmm. all things that pertain unto life and godliness, I believe God has already given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything that I would need external pertaining to life, everything that I would need internal pertaining to godliness has already been stored up for me. So my job is to walk out what he already did. And so when I'm living that way, yeah, the more I walk with God, the more I die to self, the more I yield to him and I, and I die to sin and self and selfishness, the mm -hmm. more grace I tap into. Amen. And it's not that I get more grace is that, that I, I'm actually, and I'm not getting more of God. I'm actually giving God more of me. And so the wow. more I give God more of me, then the more grace I get to tap into. Outstanding. That, that's, that's good. I, I'm just doing a say law now, but that, that's good. And, uh, um, uh, and, and so you said something too, in that answer, you started talking about there, there was a plan for you. Um, a purpose for you, really from the foundation of the world. It's not like God is, you know, kind of figuring it out along the way, right? So when it comes to discovering and maybe walking out that purpose, how in your life has this revelation about grace empowered you to walk that path and accomplish your purpose? On many levels. So for Isabella and I both, honestly. So getting an understanding of God's grace frees me from the pressure to perform. It frees me from the limits of my humanity. It frees me from my, from my inabilities. 
So Isabella, I, because I'm a because I'm a son of immigrants, and I was raised on welfare, and I had to buy food with food stamps, and I know what it's like to stand in line for government cheese, and I was raised that way. And then Isabella was raised the way my I had family members in the Dominican Republic that were raised the way Isabella was, with no running water, no electricity. But Isabella experienced a level of, of you know financial difficulty that even my family in the, in the Dominican Republic didn't experience. So she she faced significant poverty uh, growing up with no running water, no electricity. There were times where, where um, breakfast for her was hot water and sugar. There were times where dinner was, was rice and butter, right? So at least in the U.S., we have food stamps. They don't have that in, in, in Dominica where she's from. So because I was raised the way I was raised and she was raised the way she was raised, then Isabella and I both had a poverty spirit. And so we were born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we we both had a poverty mindset. And so I don't believe that I could believe on the level of, of God's plan for my life until I came into the revelation of God's grace. Because every time God called me and Isabella into something else, another level, Isabella and I would have this conversation. We would talk about it with ourselves and with God. Like, why would you want to do that with me? Like, you know, I'm not qualified. Who am I? Like, you know, and so we had to get past. It took years. I'm talking about we were I was preaching the gospel and I had that mindset. And so it took a long time for us to be delivered from that mindset and to be, I guess, in a nutshell, when you finally get a revelation of God's grace, all limits are gone. Mm-hmm. And right, so I teach. I do a teaching called expanding your capacity to believe God, mm-hmm. and how you you limit God by your inability to believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so God is limited by your inability to believe. And if you don't believe, then it's not possible for you. It's not that it's not possible. It's just not possible for you if you fail to believe. Mark nine mm-hmm. twenty three. And so um, I don't believe that we would have dreamed God sized dreams, or we would have ever be get to the point where we're operating on the level that God has called us to operate on today, if it were not for the revelation of God's grace, because we would have disqualified ourselves along the way because of a lack of performance or a lack of perceived level of goodness. Mm, wow. Um, and so in, in this, like every time you say something, it, it just stirs up <laughs> something else in me. So I'm, I'm going to try to just hit two points really quickly about what you just said. And I'll start with the last one first. You said talking about expanding your capacity to believe God, and I was I was just brought back to uh, a moment. You know the scripture that says God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. And I, right, and I've heard someone say, no matter how big the bucket or the tub or the swimming pool that you bring God, He can still overflow it. Right, and when you just said that, what, what I heard in my spirit was. Stop bringing God a container. Just stop bringing him a container, um, because that that's the problem. We we keep we keep I you know when I when I heard you say that it's like we come to God with our limitations and our capacities, and maybe that's part of the problem. Um, and then closely tied to that, um, I also hear and what you're saying is that your experience was because to to put it in a nutshell, maybe you came from a low or a challenged place that challenged you to open up to the possibilities that God have for you. 
but I think in earlier in the conversation, it's probably also true, maybe, um, that there are people that come from a high place, maybe like Paul himself, right? Who have such a high opinion of their abilities and their, their capacity and their training that they'll come to God with, as you put it, too much of them in the way, thinking they can make it happen. And so through this conversation, what I'm hearing is, doesn't matter whether you come from a low place or a high place, a low opinion or a high opinion, all roads, it appears to me, lead to grace. Would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah. So in, in one sense, you know, I was like, I'm not worthy. And then like, to your point, there are some people that think they are worthy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so some people, some people think they're not worthy and other people right. are, have tricked or fooled themselves into thinking that they are. Um, right. And in either case is wrong, right? So in both cases, we just need to open up to, to God's grace. And going back to what Pastor Tony said, believe what God believes about you. That's it. Amen. Like, if you can believe what God believes about you, then now your life is based on his opinion of you and not yours. And whatever his opinion of me is, is what I want. And if God wants me to have it, I, I want it. And if God doesn't want me to have it, then I don't want it. And I only want what he wants. And the thing about it, Dewey, is um, because my that is my singular desire, is I only want what God wants for me. And and I've and and you know, we've given, we give, and we sow and we give away, and then God blesses us richly. And God then reveals to me sometimes things that He wants me to have that are far beyond anything I would have asked him for anyway. <laughs> and so, so it's like, whoa, it's like, oh my God, you want me to what? And so, and so then then now. Like my life is already Ephesians 3 and 20. I'm already, Isabella and I both. Like our wildest dreams as kids, man, we we exceeded that long time ago. Everything right. now is gravy, right? I mean, everything we're, we're living now is just like, I, sometimes right we wake up and we're like, I can't believe this. Like, I mean, like, like, like we walk around the house or we talk to each other sometimes or some of the places that God allows us to go, some of the things that God allows us to do. Sometimes we look at each other and be like, man, <laughs> this is crazy, right? I mean, so this is grace life. Amen. Amen. And um, and now that now that we've kind of talked about uh, the 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 definition and the discovery of grace, we've talked about uh, how it's impacted our view of God, ourselves and others, how it's empowered us. I, I'm going to 100 percent agree with you. Like, I feel like I've been in church my whole life. Right. I, I grew up. I was one of those two. Right. That grew up in the church. But. If I'm honest about it, you just don't hear a lot from, you know, now I'm not going to say I've seen all of the body of Christ, but I've seen, a, you know, a, a bit of it. But you don't hear a lot about this type of teaching. Um, and I, on the one hand, I would wonder maybe why is that? But more importantly, if this teaching, this revelation of grace were to be more prevalent or or to come and uh, become a part of the body of Christ and the body of Christ fully embraced it, how, how would it impact the body and this world if it were more fully known and embraced? Well, I, I guess the only way I can answer that question is, number one, only God knows, right? Because you know, we're the ones that are holding God back by our inability to believe. And 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 there's too much of us in the way. There's too much humanity in the way.
for mm-hmm. divinity to to have free flow. Um, but if we were like hypothetically, if if the body of Christ at large were yielded to God, dead to self, submitted to the Holy Spirit fully, then God mm-hmm. would be free to do what He wants to do on this planet. Obviously, He's not. If mm-hmm. He were, we wouldn't see a lot of the things that we see. Mm-hmm. Obviously, He's He's not, and He's hindered because of a lack of belief and a failure to yield to him. And so he's looking for agreement in the earth. He's looking for faith on the earth, the Bible says. And I'm convinced that we we can't release that level of faith until we get a revelation of God's grace. Amen. And and a little uh, a little bit deeper on that point. How do you believe non-believers or people that are outside the church might see the church differently if we operated more fully in this revelation of the grace of God? Uh, two things. One, and there's, I could name many, but I'm going to just name two. One is they would experience the love of God on another level if there was less of us in the way. Um, mm-hmm. So if there was less of us in the way, then God will be free to flow. And of course, God is love. Love is not something God does. Love is who he is. And so they would experience the love of God through us on a greater level if we yielded to God more. And then two is we would draw more people to Jesus because we would be more successful. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking about from an earthly point of view. Like mm-hmm. So remember, Dewey, son, the people that we're trying to reach, these people are not spiritual. The people mm-hmm. that we're trying to reach, these people don't have the Holy Ghost. And mm. so they want to say, or they want to see, they say, hey, you, you serve God. Let me see how it's working for you. <laughs> right? Mm. And so 2 Peter 3.15 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ye ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason, for the mm. hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Nobody's ever going to ask you a reason for the hope in you if they can't see it. So if they Amen. can't see, they want to see. Like, you know, like the reason why people come to Isabella and I and, and people are drawn to us is because in corporate America, they see us successful. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people see that I'm able, I, I'm I, God has graced me to be exceptional at what I do, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a man of God and I don't hide it. And so when, mm-hmm. when they go, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about and he's articulate and wow, you know, look at his marriage. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And he has this relationship with God. And so when they, they come, why? We would draw more people to God if there was less of us in the way, because we mm. would be more attractive to this world. Amen. Amen. And and also, I and I hear in what you're saying too, our humility would probably make them feel that God was more accessible to them, right? As you said earlier, you know, the judgmental Christ, Christian, I think, goes a long way towards causing people to feel rejected as opposed to yeah it's not me it's him and anybody that would you know release you know that would tap into that it, it's available to you and i and i think that is that that would make a huge difference um yeah absolutely everybody that knows me knows i i don't tell i don't claim to be a self-made man i'm a god-made man absolutely and so that level of humility i always when the spotlight is on me i deflect the glory right back to him it reminds yeah. me of uh, years ago, I was the army CTO and um, a family member in the Dominican Republic who was influential in politics said, you know what? You're a Dominican. You're in this position in the Pentagon. We should acknowledge you. And so my hometown in the Dominican Republic 
they asked me to come. I flew down. The governor gave me uh, the keys to the city. The governor and the mayor, um, the the whole city council came together. They gave me like a day, a Ricardo Pena day and all of that. And then I wound up going on a bunch of TV shows and, and I was in uniform and I spoke at the, at the technical college. And while I was going to every, all of these TV interviews, every time they would ask me something, I would say, por la gracia de Dios, like by, by the grace of God, right? Uh, uh, or gracia de Dios, or to God be the glory or something like that. And so one of the reporters said, you keep talking about God. Um, Tell me about that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad you asked. And then we started talking, right? But it was because I was giving God the glory. And then that lady wound up taking me to her church. And I wanted to preach it in her church and all of that. Why? Because I kept giving God the glory, which not everybody does. And so, yeah, they would, it would be more attractive because all the glory would be for him, not for us. Amen. And, uh, I mean, of course, I, I could ask you a thousand questions. Um, but I, I, I just want to say... Uh, you know, on, on a personal level, just thank you for just walking the path that you're walking. Um, and I know, you know, it, it sounds like all unicorns and rainbows, but I also know that walking that path has been, uh, it's, it's, there's been some cost to it, right? There's been some sacrifice to it. Um, and, you know, I appreciate you. I know so many others that listen to you and have been blessed by the gift of God in your life um, have been blessed as well. Um, and I am, I, I just uh, really appreciate this time to, to get a better understanding of, uh, of the grace life, how it manifested in your life. And, and I'll, and I'll say this too. I mean, even the fact that we are sitting here doing this interview is something that I know God showed me. He didn't show me the specifics, but he showed me this, the, the, this relationship and this connection. And all I did was just be obedient to it. That's all I did. Um, and I'm, I'm literally sitting here watching the purpose and plan of God manifest because, as you said, just being open to God and what he's able to do. So, so I appreciate, I, I appreciate you and I appreciate the opportunity to ask these questions. And I, you know, if you saw me looking down, I was, you know, I listen to today's word every day, but I'm, I'm still taking notes and, and getting blessed by it. So, so just thank you. God bless. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, son. I appreciate it. This was good. Uh, I'm sure now that we did this first one, I, I think I'm gonna do another one. I mean, that this is good. Let's talk about grace. I think this was important. So let me just talk to the people that are watching real quick. So uh, let me pray for you. Uh, I just feel, feel led to pray for you. Let's pray. Let, let's do that. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching right now. I lift them up to you. I pray, Father, that your grace would overtake their hearts and their minds, that your peace would overtake their hearts and their minds, that they would enter into your rest, that they would believe what you believe about them. I submit uh, my faith. I set my faith in agreement with them, that they would see who it is that you've called them to be, that they would see, that you would illuminate their eyes to see, their ears to hear, and their heart to understand, that they would get a revelation of who they are and that they would walk it out all the days of their life, that that grace and peace will be multiplied unto them through the knowledge of you and your knowledge of them. I pray this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Thank you, Dewey. Thank you, son. I thank God for you. Uh, if... Uh, this is your first time with us watching on YouTube. Like and subscribe to the channel. Also, do me a favor. If you're led, 
Uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our ministry. Uh, we're building a church in the Dominican Republic. Uh, the roof is going up right now. If you want to partner with what we're doing there, we have a school there. We're providing an education to over 170 Haitian children. We give them a hot meal every day. If you want to partner with our ministry, go to ripministries.org, sow a seed. All your donations are tax deductible in the United States. Go and grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I see the Grace Life. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll put a link in the description to the Grace Life products, some of the swag if you want some shirts or t-shirts or hoodies. Get some of that as well. I love you. God loves you more. Talk to you guys on the next one. God bless you.